Olivier Lauscher, co-founder and chairman, as well as CEO of Trace. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thank you for your invitation. Interesting times at Trace, um, particularly for its founder, or at least its co-founder. Um, unprecedented growth. Uh, we've been a part of it, uh, not least because I am a consumer of urban culture. But what's top of mind? What's trending in your world in terms of growth at Trace? I think definitely digital is a key word right now. We are in the middle of, uh, of the digital re revolution for the entire media and music industry. So I will say when we started Trace 13 years ago, we were a traditional media company publishing TV channels, radio channels. And now we are transitioning to a more digital company and that uh, have a lot of consequences, not only for business, for not only for our relation with our end users, but also for the entire organization of the company. So this is really challenging, but at the same time, a huge opportunity for us to get to new market, to engage differently with our audience, uh, to empower also more people using new digital tools, and also to penetrate new markets, which were completely blocked as far as TV distribution is concerned. Now through digital, we can get access to millions of people in the US and the UK and Brazil. So for us, it's really exciting time. And so in, in your mind's eye, uh, when you think of, you know, this shift towards digital, is this revenue driven or is this a, a strategic play towards where you know the market is going? I think both. Uh, definitely, uh, we, we, we can't invest in digital if we do not expect to get some revenue from digital. So as we all know, to get revenue on digital is always a challenge uh, because you need to get some critical size, critical scale. So we are working for that. On a, but the good news with Trace is that we are working on two legs. We still have our traditional great you know, TV business, which is still growing quite uh, heavily. And at the same time, we are using, in fact, the benefits that we are making in TV to invest into digital. And we know that it will take a few years for all the digital platforms to be really mature, to be profitable. But we are strong enough so that we can really support these losses during this uh, initial few, uh, few years. And for our listeners who are not familiar with the channel, who are perhaps uh, not familiar, I'm more, most familiar with uh, Trace Urban. Uh, however, there are several channels. Uh, give us a sense of what the, those channels are in the traditional space. And then also speak to how you're transitioning your, your audiences from the traditional space to, to digital platforms. So we've got right now about 20 different music channels. Uh, in Africa, about 10. So we've got we decided to localize our channel a long time ago. So we've got Trace Africa, which is mainly made for you know, um, African artists. We've got uh, Trace Toka, was that we launched for Angola and Mozambique with Angolese and uh, Mozambican artists. We've got Trace uh, uh, Gospel. We've got Trace Urban, but different version of Trace Urban depending on the countries. We launched recently Trace Niger, which is really made for uh, the Nigerian market and Ghanaian market. We've got Trace Mziki, which is a channel made in Swahili, mainly for Eastern Africa. So that gives you um, an example. But also we've got in the Caribbean Trace Tropical. We've got uh, um, a lot of operation in, in Europe and France. So we've got specific um, channel for all these countries. So the way we are transitioning to our, our digital audience, I would say, is that not only we are going to bring the best of our music platform, our existing music channels, but also we are now investing into uh, series, into films, into documentaries that will be made available on the SVOD platform, a subscription video-on-demand platform, which will be an hybrid platform 
that will offer not just a linear channel but also on-demand content so on this platform will be launched in December this year in more than 100 countries so this is uh, I would say a natural extension of um, a linear TV channel Uh, but we are also expanding into a mobile and to, uh, um, you know, we, we launched in partnership with Celsi in South Africa, a mobile service named Chess Mobile powered by Celsi. Uh, we've got already more than 850,000 subscribers. I think by the end of the year we'll reach the 1 million, you know, um, uh, threshold. So we are permanently launching, in fact, new initiative. We are going to launch also new, a new music platform, a free music platform uh, for a radio station because we've got also some FM on digital radio station. So the, the idea is that we want our brand, we want our content, we want our expertise to be available on all type of devices that our end users are using, as simple as that. And we want also to use the digital technology to get a better relation, a better engagement, Uh, with our um, audience, which is not a passive audience, but we want to interact with them and we want them to decide what they want to watch anytime, anywhere, on any device. And how is this new uh, strategic approach affecting your relationship with uh, cable players? I know you have a, a good relationship with DSTV, for example, on the continent. Uh, they, again, are a sister company to Showmax, which in some ways uh, share a model with the platform you're about to launch um, from a revenue perspective, right? I know the internet is big enough for everybody, but from a revenue perspective in terms of how money is made from media in the traditional space, does this start to make relationships between you and perhaps some of your cable partners a bit tense? Whenever we launch a new digital platform, the first people will go on meet to present this platform are our existing cable or satellite, you know, uh, partner. So when we decided to launch Tracepay, our s platform, we went to see the DSTV people and tell them, we are going to launch that. Are you interested to partner with us? Because I think that we can do something in, uh, in common. So if they are interested, we do things with them. If they are not interested, we just do it alone. But definitely, you know, as you said, DSTV launched Showmax because they consider that digital is also very important for them. So we've got the same analysis, so we can have also the same strategy. And uh, you've been very bullish, uh, certainly even as far as acquiring other platforms that you might, uh, might have found potential in. Boonie TV certainly being uh, a high-profile example of that. How's that going? Yeah, in fact, we consider that we need to reach a critical size as soon as possible because the key word for the future will be the ability of this digital platform to offer exclusive, original, premium content. And you can't do that if you just have 10,000 subscribers or even 100,000 subscribers. Look at the example of Netflix. They've got more than 80 million you know, subscribers, so th they can invest more than $5 billion, $6 billion per year into original programming. So if you want to do great series in Africa, if you want to produce great movies in Africa, we need to have critical um, size. So this is why we decided to acquire Booney, Uh, that had already an existing catalog, an existing platform of, of subscribers. But also, uh, we are now um, working with uh, Marie, who was the CEO of, of Booney, who's helping us to launch um, our SVOD platform. So I really strongly believe that at a certain time, we should try to consolidate uh, all the SVOD initiatives that are really African-driven, uh, so that we can reach this critical size. Because at the end of the day, The competition will come from, from Apple, from Netflix, from Amazon. These guys are mammoths, they are giant companies, 
compare with all of these uh, African players. So I think it's time now to get together and try to work closely together. So uh, our initiative with Buni TV was part of this strategy. Uh, I spoke to um, uh, Jason Njoku of Iroko TV the other day. Uh, and um, it, when you say consolidate, are you speaking to other players outside of the trace footprint? Or are you talking about, uh, are you looking at a, a, a situation where we should expect uh, the, the type of consolidation in your space that we, we're seeing abroad? I think we, we, we should expect that. On uh, Iroku is a, is a great platform. We've got uh, certain common shareholders, so we know them very well. And uh, Jason is a friend on what he's been doing with Iroko. And uh, he was really a pioneer in this uh, digital advanced world in, in Africa. And I think this is great. And on his vertical, which is mainly about Nollywood content, is, is great. It's true that Trace is a bit wider because uh, Nollywood is one, I would say, of the element uh, of our offering. But we are going into music. We are going into also Caribbean sound. We are going into um, you know, a, a more diverse range of, 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 of content. But definitely, uh, it will make great sense to work closely uh, with uh, Iroku and we're having discussion to, to share certain content and to see what we can do together. At the end of the day, on, uh, in this industry also, you've got, you've got the personalities, you've got some uh, different shareholder structures. So whenever you want to put together two companies or three or four companies, it's not always easy. But I think there is a, a reality of the market. If we want to be strong, if we want to survive versus the coming competition uh, because, you know, we can't consider because we are so specific in Africa and South Africa and Nigeria or in Ivory Coast that an American guy can't come on, a, on, on find his way. These guys will come with billions of dollars. They can acquire any company they want, you know, in, uh, in Africa. So as uh, we decide that at the end of the day, we are just going to be American employees, uh, or as we decide that we want to continue, you know, bringing, supporting, writing the narrative of Africa by African people. So um, I think this is more the direction that we decided to take with Trace. This is why I've been living in, in Africa for the last uh, five years. And this is why already Africa represents more than 50% of our revenues and uh, with a quite a strong growth. Um, we, we believe that we have to write and to build the future of Africa with Africa. And what do you make of this trend of mobile telcos ap uh, acquiring media companies? Uh, we've seen in the, in the U.S. most recently AT&T acquiring Time Warner and the, the host of media businesses that come with that. You mentioned in passing a partnership you have for your platform with CellC, for example. Um, is that a trend you would expect to start to see to happen on the continent? And if so, is that a good thing? Or should media companies hold out? and perhaps partner further down the stream with uh, niche distributors or, or niche content creators further downstream? I think for a mobile company, it is an absolutely, absolute necessity. It's a must to get involved and to content because uh, data, bandwidth, voice, SMS are already commodities. It's just a matter of who is offering you the, the best bandwidth on the cheapest price. But at the end of the day, you need to engage with a product, with a brand. You need an element, I would say, of passion, of meaning. And it's difficult to uh, really find passion into a, a cable or a kind of bandwidth, airwaves. You, you can't feel it. You can feel the passion with content. So for mobile operators to invest into content, 
it's a very good and very normal strategic move. So the question, should they acquire the media company, the content company? Should they partner with, with, with them? I think that really depends on the strategy of each mobile um, uh, company. But definitely for us, uh, media company, it's important to have good relation with the mobile guys because they are gatekeepers. And you know that in Africa, 90% of internet access is made through mobile. So uh, you, we need to find balanced relation with them. And this is not easy because most of the time they do not really understand at all the content industry. So maybe for certain companies, it's easier to acquire, uh, for certain mobile companies, it's easier to acquire um, media content company so that their learning curve is accelerated and they can really embrace this content world uh, with existing assets uh, versus starting from scratch and try to understand because the, the tech guys that uh, works in mobile companies most of the time I, I'll be very honest they don't understand content at all and they don't understand the value of, uh, of content because whenever you discuss you know revenue sharing mechanism with them they will tell you okay we take 70% you keep 30% that's great you can't you can't make a living, you know, with thirty uh, percent. We to finance content, to finance and to pay all the writers, the authors, the composer, whatever. So, we have to establish more balanced relation with them. On um, on the stronger we will be as far as the content providers, the media companies are concerned. I think the 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 the, the stronger will be in this discussion, in this relation with uh, mobile operators. Two questions come up based on what you've just said. One. Um, what's your, uh, in, t in terms of focus, in terms of how you're channeling the resources you have to, to grow your business, how much of that, how much of those resources are being channeled to creating original content, original trace content? So I can tell you that this year in 2016, we are investing a few million euros uh, for original content. We are um, producing about 300 hours of content, of original content this year. Uh, the diversity of content from series. We are now producing four different series uh, to uh, movies. We are doing this afternoon a premiere of one of the movies that we, we co-produce. Um, we are investing in uh, original uh, documentaries. We did uh, last month with GD9 in Nigeria, a very nice documentary. We are doing a lot of documentaries for uh, sports star channels. So it's, we are talking globally of, of a few million euros, which is a significant part of, uh, of our budget. On next year, we may double this uh, investment with the launch of Chessplay uh, as a platform. And so what sort of return on investment are you looking for in the short term on some on investment like that? You know, I, I think, first of all, we are a long-term investor in, in, in this industry. So um, we never expect immediate, you know, short-term investment, a uh, return on investment. So the, the, the time, uh, the development time for a great series, for instance, will take you minimum one year. And then you've got the production time, and then you start, you know, uh, using the content on your ex existing platform, and then you syndicate the content to third platform. So we are doing about cycle. It's a, it's a three to five year cycle. And so, what's the relationship between you and the content, the actual producers of this content, and how does that r uh, relationship mirror the relationship that would typically exist between a producer and a large network, say? Uh, Mnet, for example, I is there a difference in approach? Are you are you nuanced in that in that respect? Is there a different way of engaging with digital, uh, uh, with producers in this digital age that you guys are adopting? That's perhaps different to what we we've come to expect as producers. Yeah, I think first of all, uh, 
I'm not the best person to answer the question. Maybe you should ask the producer. But what I can tell you, we give a lot of freedom to the producer to express themselves. So because, you know, when you've got already tens of millions of subscribers, on each decision you make is very sensitive, which is, I imagine, the case of Mnet. For new players like us and SVOD, for instance, there is a risk. So we really, we take some bets on, uh, on, on new guys, you know, you know, the new kids on the block, um, you know, directors, producers, sometimes it's their first project. So we are capable, we can be disruptive enough uh, to give them their freedom of sometimes making mistakes. Because there is no industry where you can know for sure that from day one you know exactly exactly what will happen, especially in content. So we are, I think, much more flexible as far as, you know, taking risk. Um, second, we we um, when when we define our request for proposal for different you know uh, producer when we ask them to pitch products to, to 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 us, what we tell them is that we want something which is really African embedded, especially in Africa, but that can resonate to the rest of the world. That means our, our vision is that obviously you have to be. We define ourselves as a global company, global. On that certain locals. That means we believe that in each country in Africa or in the rest of the world, uh, there can be some narratives, there can be some stories that are super interesting locally, but that can also interest the rest of the world. So that's very important because it's nearly impossible for us to monetize, to amortize uh, content in just one country. So we need also the kind of global approach. Two last questions for you. I know you, you've got a talk to attend, uh, you're a very busy man. I want to think. I want to get into your mindset as a startup founder, and I want you to try and think back to when you were a startup founder. Perhaps you still feel like uh, Trace is a startup in in some respects. I'm sure size-wise, you mentioned Netflix and and, and Trace in the same breath, and one one does get a sense that there's <laughs> there's a massive difference. But you have come a long way. What what are you noticing in terms of the startup mindset you might have had when you first started out, and and where Trace is now? What's the same? What might have changed? Um, I think and I, I studied uh, this interview by seeing the importance of digital. On, I mentioned the term digital revolution. Whenever you have to embrace this reality, you have to keep the startup mindset in everything you do, which is much more complicated when you are already an established company than when you are not. So right now, I'm doing this kind of internal revolution at Trace also. And it's very funny because it's not just... It's not because you are young that you really embrace the digital in the world. It's, it's really a mindset. It's really an attitude. And you must be ready to change, which is not always easy for certain person. So uh, I can tell you that I definitely uh, keep this entrepreneurial slash startup mindset because if I don't have it, I think that will be a major issue for the company. We need this spirit. We need this uh, capacity also to change. We need this capacity to make mistakes. Uh, so that we can really build the trace. Uh, I call it, you know, episode two of trace. We did recently um, our trace global conference with all our network in, in, in the world. On the, the title of, uh, of that was episode two, the fast and furious digital revolution. Wow. Okay. And so finally, many of our listeners are tech, are tech, uh, are, are in the tech and innovation space. Uh, as a percentage of your business, in terms of the staff complement, uh, how many people in your organization, percentage-wise, are tech-specific individuals? So, technicians as opposed to deal makers, uh, salespeople, uh, uh, producers, etc. So we've got about fifteen to twenty percent of our staff that is really dedicated to our technical platform. First of all, all our TV channels are made internally. 
the payout is made internally. So we, we, we have integrated a lot of technology and we develop technology, we develop software, we code. And now for digital um, um, you know, investment, we, we've got a mixed approach because we are still learning. So we are relying on, the, on third party suppliers that are doing certain bricks of the platform that we need, but we are also developing things internally. We may decide in two, three, four years from now um, to be to internalize, to make more things in-house, but we don't know yet because the technology is moving so fast and to really, when you are a small or medium-sized company, to really have all the skills internally requires a certain size that we don't have yet in digital. So this is why, uh, um, but I completely agree with you that this tech dimension is a key dimension because when you develop an s platform, if when you press play on your smartphone and it doesn't work, they don't care about the content. Eh? First, it doesn't work because of tech issue. So we have to make sure that uh, uh, the, the tech thing is fixed. We have to provide the best user experience possible. And now it's a completely new job for us because before we used to have DSTV or CanalSat or Dish in the US taking care of the relation with the end users. With the digital world, you are engaging directly with the end users. So it's a completely different you know, attitude, different, different skills that you need. This is why also we are hiring now new people in the company who's got some experience in that dimension of digital. Olivier, a lot more time than I'd hoped. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs>